Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is going to Oklahoma to speak with Denise Schroeder. Denise is a top-ranked realtor, CEO of Schroeder Real Estate Group, speaker, coach, and marketing strategist. She's also appeared on TV, but her latest book, Out of the Box, my response to Everyone who said I could never sell real estate is out now. So, Denise, welcome to the RV. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here on the RV. (laughs) Yes, I was looking forward to giving you this ride, going to Oklahoma, this amazing place. So, Denise, it's an honor to meet one of Food Network's worst quotes (laughs) in America. Yeah, it's my claim to fame, right? (laughs) I've done a lot of TV and that's the one people always want to talk to me about is the being the worst cook, but you have to be self-deprecating, not afraid to make fun of yourself for the things that you're not the greatest at. And in that experience, I did learn a lot of cooking skills. So it was, it was a great time. And how did that come about, Denise? Oh gosh, my sister nominated me. I I don't watch the Food Network because why would I watch the Food Network when everything I burn everything? I I just I don't watch cooking shows. Mm-hmm. I try to stay out of the kitchen. I try to like sell kitchens when I, you know, show the houses I sell, but I try to stay out of them. And uh, she nominated me for the show and I got this email and I was like, "Who is this?" And they, you know, there were 11,000 submissions of inquiries for people to be cast for there were 14 of us on season 20. And I was one of the 14. So I guess I was really good at being bad. And you know, what's so funny is they asked me on my audition tape to cook something. And so I cooked like this big ham or something, and we were moving two days later. So I didn't even have pot holders you know, for my hands Uh not uh to burn. And so I took paper towels when I was boiling water and doing all these things. Well, I started a fire in my kitchen on film. And when they called me, the casting director, he said, we could absolutely tell that that was real. And I said, oh, it was real. And then when I was doing one of my audition tapes, I, I was on live with the director and I was running down my stairs to get some notes Well, I fell and broke my leg. So I literally broke a leg to get to the Food Network. 
So I didn't get to go on season 19. I had to wait because I was wearing, you know, one of those boots. Um, so I had to go on the next season, but yeah, I literally broke a leg to, uh, to get on worst cooks in America. <laughs> Thought that would give me some extra points in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm sure my husband would nominate me. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah, don't tell him about it. <laughs> I could nominate you for that matter. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so Denise, you are the CEO of Schroeder Real Estate Group, along with your husband, Troy. How did it meet? Well, Troy was my FedEx guy. And so he would like deliver packages every day for about five years before our first date. And I always thought he was really handsome. He had the sexiest legs, the most beautiful eyes and smile, but I just wasn't in a place um, to date at that time. And so once we had our first date, we, we quickly just kind of knew. So we got married, we blended five teenagers, which um, four of them were girls. So there was a lot of estrogen in this house. It was a circus. And when I look back, I'm thinking, how did we make it through that period of our lives? And then within a year that we got married, we both decided to quit our jobs on the same day and become self-employed with only $30,000 in our bank accounts. With seven mouths to feed, that kind of money doesn't go very far. We had three drivers, we had braces, flat tires, you know, bills, normal, all the normal stuff. Um, plus, you know, when you have new drivers in the house, a lot of extra expenses come along with that. A few tickets, you know, all the things. So it was a really stressful. We didn't arrive at doing real estate at first. We did financial services and some other things. Um, a, a friend of Troy's actually told him before we quit our jobs, he said, I'm thriving doing financial services. You should come work with this company. Well, shortly after we both quit our jobs, we found out that he had lied to us and he was not thriving in this career. He was actually going bankrupt. And so we were crushed and felt really defeated. And, but we were, we were not going to go work for the man. We were not going to give up. We didn't even tell our family that we were doing some other sales jobs because we didn't want to be told, well, we told you so you shouldn't have quit your job with your benefits and your security. And 20 years before, um, 23 years ago, I wanted to get my real estate license and I was working, leasing apartments and condominiums. And I had this manager come to me and he said, Denise, I see something, something in you. I don't want to lose you, but the natural progression for you would be to get your real estate license. Like you you have a gift. And, you know, I, that, that seed was planted that someone really saw me and, you know, that person really impacted my life in a big way. And so I had wanted to get my license then. And I told my friends and family and my spouse at the time um, that I wanted to pursue it. And I was met with, you don't have what it takes. You'll never be able to stand out. It's too saturated. Why would we want to line the garage walls with superficial signs with your face on them with no yard to stake? It would be an expensive hobby, right? And so what happened was my my dream didn't die, but I I began to kind of get a PhD in suppressing my dream, suppressing my seed, because in the place I was at, I was allowing other people to steal my dream because they didn't have one. 
And that was a really big pivotal shift in my life in retrospect is that I allowed that. I was subscribing to needing permission to be me and to pursue things that I knew God had called me to do. And so I was in this relationship and had been married almost 10 years and we got married too young. And I found myself kind of embracing that soundtrack in my mind where I was telling myself and believing that I wasn't enough. I wasn't, I didn't have what it takes. I wasn't loved. I wasn't valuable. And I became, you know, to be in a dark place, I became very depressed. I felt like I was kind of a censored, watered down version of myself and really unrecognizable. And I decided that I really needed to get out of this dysfunctional relationship in this situation I was in. And I remember seeing an advertisement in Oklahoma City from a reproductive center. And I was offered $1,500 to donate my eggs. And this is something I just most recently even opened up about when I wrote my book. At the time I was staying at home, I didn't have any resources. I didn't want to go to my family and ask for help. I was humiliated. I was ashamed of myself. So I gave myself hormonal shots and injections three times a day for about eight weeks. And I was bruised. I was swollen. I was a hormonal nightmare because of all the hormones I was injecting. But I thought this would be a way that I could earn some money that I could put in a nest egg account to help me move forward. And, you know, I had two kids at the time, at the same time that I was going through this separation and this divorce, my custody battle cost me $50,000. And I went through this for three years. So while I am going through this incredibly trying time in my life, I can remember just putting my feet on the floor in the mornings felt kind of like I had an elephant on my back just to put pop tarts in the toaster for my children. I just felt like, how am I going to get through this day? I was just very lethargic and hopeless and not myself because I'm a very positive, energetic um, driver kind of personality. And so I, I basically, um, got news that my mother had been misdiagnosed. Uh, we found out now of a hernia. She was 49. I'm, I just turned 50 a week ago. Wow. So, you know, last year I was 49 and it was a little bit of a triggering year for me because it was the year that my mother got so much devastating news. So we found out she wasn't getting better and we had an exploratory surgery and in that, the surgeon came out and said her tumor is encapsulated in her colon. She doesn't even have to do preventative chemo. We're all good. Well, I'm from a very small town where my mother had surgery. And we found out from a nurse that was in the operating room that this surgeon was in a hurry to get to a football game. And in turn, he left perforations all throughout my mother's colon. And she was gone a few months later at age 50. I can't believe so, Yes, it was. Um, it was very senseless. It was devastating to our family. And the doctor did end up retiring, I think, from the heaviness that he took this life. And so I, de I decided, you know, I didn't know whether to grieve my mom, to grieve my marriage. You know, I was 
having all of these mixed emotions and needing to really step up and being the best version of myself for my children. And so I remember committing to going to therapy and it was really hard to do, but I, I made the appointment and Kathy was her name. And I remember walking in her office and I said, I'm here because I show up. That's what I do. I show up for everyone else in my life, but today I'm showing up for me, but I think I'm too broken to be fixed, but I'm going to put the work in. And she said, we're going to rebuild you. We're going to reprogram you. We're going to rewire your ways of thinking. We're going to rediscover who you are because you really don't know who you are. You you've completely lost your identity in all of this mess. And so after two years of going to therapy a couple of times a week, I was in a really functional, beautiful place. And I had some relationships in between before I met Troy, because I met him years later, but I was in a positive place. Once I had our first date, I thought God has been preparing my heart for him for like a thousand years. That's what it felt like. He just felt like home to me. So when he came to me after we had had these kind of trials, after we became self-employed, do you want to get our real estate licenses together? Can you imagine what I heard? It was like the choir, the angel choirs were singing. It was like, ah, so yes, we got our real estate license, you know, but it wasn't easy. I, I told Troy, I said, I've waited two decades to do this. I want to use the negative seeds that were planted in me that I could never make it, that I could never stand out. And I want to defy the odds and I want to succeed in an authentic way. And I, I want to pave our own lane. I don't care what everyone else is doing. I want us to be unique and authentic. And so that's what we did. But, you know, we didn't have a paycheck for seven months, which is a long time. <laughs> so we're just, you know, our savings is just depleting and depleting. Well, I'm a farmer's daughter. And I can remember my father said to me when I called him one day, so frustrated and, and feeling just depleted, depleted. And he said to me, Denise, what have you seen me do your entire life? And I said, get up every day and you plant and you plow and you, you, um, you nourish and you spray and you disc before the harvest. It's months and months and months of preparation before everything comes to fruition. And he said, you're doing all the right things. You have your systems in place. You're going to every educational class. You're knocking doors. You're calling everyone and their brother's brother, telling them you are a realtor and you want to serve them with their largest investments and you want to earn the right to do so. He said, it's going to happen. Be faithful. And I'll never forget that that little talk. And the last five months of the year, we sold 40 homes. And the average agent sells four to eight homes a year. So God told me in a big way, not only was I, my dream wasn't delayed. I wasn't meant to do real estate two decades ago. How would I have succeeded if I was surrounded by people that didn't believe in me, that didn't support me? I would have failed. So everything happens on time. And I believe truly from the every fiber in my being that God uses our failures and our mistakes and our trials and all the things that we think are dirty and messy and dark and things we don't really want to show other people. He uses that to give us credibility, not to hinder us, but he uses those stories and experiences and 
walking us through triumph so that we can be on the other side of the tunnel, showing light and being a beacon of hope and a lighthouse to others. Whereas otherwise we wouldn't have had the even opportunity to have the vulnerability to connect if we wouldn't have gone through those, those things and really saw the grit. So there's treasure and trauma for me. I didn't, I wasn't always thankful for it, but I'm thankful for it today. Um, I became a certified divorce real estate expert and a family law mediator to learn how to help high conflict resolution skills um, so that I could elevate those because I serve a lot of divorcing families because I have a deep empathy for what these families are walking through. You know, going through divorce can be like, having surgery without anesthesia. And there's no really, there's no guidebook for it. You just need people to lock arms with you and, and walk you through it. Um, my daughter had a life-threatening eating disorder. And I got an email one day from one of the largest church organizations in the world to write content about how parents can recognize when your children have eating disorders. I have been shown time and time again, that if we're open to being vulnerable and sharing and showing our story and really opening ourselves up that we will be used in mighty ways, but we can't shut down, you know, the vulnerability because then we shut down our opportunity. And so that's kind of where I am today. We've just used really unique marketing approaches, which is what I, why I wrote my book. I wanted to share how we've used storytelling and uh, press releases, human interest stories. We submit content. Um, everybody's looking for content, publications, podcast guesting, speaking. Um, we do some really fun, authentic um, social media. But at the root of it, it's storytelling and doing things in just our own way. So one of the things we do that's really fun is like, if if you're going to buy a house and I'm going to kind of document the process along with you when you're buying a house. And, and it's, it's really cool to be able to create stories and memories that I can show you even later on, on what it was like when you found the one. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we um, are take really seriously trying to anchor with our clients, how important they are. So at Christmas time, like we'll dress up in our Christmas elf outfits and we'll go door to door and drop our little packages off and we'll do a little choreographed dance in front of their ring doorbells, which, you know, catches us on camera. Um, we, we do things to create pockets of joy with our clients. We had a buyer, actually it was a seller um, that had this house for 52 years. It was their childhood home. And they had gotten engaged in the driveway and they had to sell their parents home after they died. So we created a story and I had the couple reenact their engagement, brought them a veil in the driveway before we sold the house so that we could recreate some memories. Yes. And the day was really hard, but the stories are what anchor people, no matter what industry we're in. We can tell stories and it doesn't always have to be our story, you know, earn the right to share your client's stories because I can look at every address of almost 700 homes we've sold in 10 years and every single address 
will spark a story of the family that represented that house. So I think that you've got to get back to that no matter what industry you're in, whether you're an author, you know, whether you're a nurse or whether you're a cashier or whether you're a realtor like me, it, it doesn't matter. We, we never outgrow or get too old to share our stories and make an impact. Never. And so I, I think that for me, I've moved from a place of proving myself to just being purpose-driven and wanting to impact other people. Denise, you are awesome. Oh, yes. thank you. Yes. There were so many because we had learning curves. We had to learn a new industry. We had to teach ourselves self-discipline. We didn't have a boss having us clock in or holding us accountable. And so that was really a mind shift. We're also a married couple working together, trying to navigate all of this and each one of us have different strengths and different weaknesses. So it's worked out really beautifully for us because the things that drain me, they energize him and vice versa. He loves data and numbers. I love creativity and marketing. We both love people. So we just have this perfect chemistry and recipe that works for us, but we have defined roles. That's super important. Um, whether you're on a team or you're working with your spouse is really having defined roles. And if you're working alone, learning and earning the right to delegate the things that do drain your energy so that you can do things that fulfill you and that will ultimately generate revenue so that you can take care of your families. And sometimes that's kind of scary when you think, oh, I don't have the money to, to delegate this or that out, but you may be able to do more money making, generating, you know, actions if you're not so bogged down with things that drain you. So we've had to learn that too, hiring leverage when we, we need it. But I think the most important thing everyone should remember is our tribe. So people that we surround ourselves with, we became very intentional about mentors and coaches that we allowed to pour into our lives, not just to encourage us and to say, yay, and put their pom-poms you know, up and say, hurrah, but to hold our feet to the fire and to give us criticism when we needed it in a loving, constructive way. We looked for people that not only are successful in business, but they're living life beautifully personally too, with their families, with their margin of their time and how they manage basically every spoke of their life. Those are the kinds of people we, that we have sought out. And it's been amazing to have people around us. And we are also reciprocating that for them. So that's so important that you have a tribe. You may have to get new people around you. One thing that I learned when I went through this really hard time is I felt like sometimes when you're in a really dark, dark place and you kind of feel like you're being buried, like you can feel the dirt on your face. Like you're just, someone's dumping dirt on you with a shovel and you just feel like you've got nowhere to go and you're suffocating. Sometimes when you step back and kind of do an autopsy on your life, you're realizing you've been planted, not buried. And so that to me has been such a paradigm shift is that I've allowed my soil to be disrupted. And for me, the way I live out my passion, because selling real estate is a byproduct of what I do. 
I wrote a book because I wanted to share the massive successes we've had from storytelling and using that in our business and in any business. It's not just about real estate. You can apply these things to any business. And I just wanted to empower and inspire. But for me, you know, I think a soul that carries empathy is a soul that has survived like enormous pain. And so think about in your own life, what could God use? Like dig deep. Some of you have a story, but you've never shared it. Some of you don't think you have one, but you have. You've got to open yourself up. You've got to make that commitment to yourself first before you can be vulnerable and really connect in a big way to be impactful for others. So I challenge all your audience to do that today. Yeah. Wow. Denise, you're just beautiful. I'm so thank you. Yes. And I saw your book cover. You look so glamorous. So Oh, thank you. I wanted my book cover because it's out of the box. I wanted my book cover to, you know, there's a saying, if you're too much for people, they're not your people, you know, like too much, like you're just too extra. You're, you know, Mm -hmm. so I've always kind of felt that I've always kind of um, not wanted to be normal. And so I gravitate towards being different. And so I didn't want to have a book cover with me standing in front of a real estate sign talking about how I've used storytelling in in my sales business. I wanted it to be this extravagant dressed showing, be yourself, pave your own lane. You can do things differently and people are going to gravitate towards you more when you're yourself than when you're trying to be like everyone else in the crowd. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm kind of like you as well. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get you a a roughly extravagant dress for your next book cover. (laughs) And actually, your book is called Out of the Box. My latest book is called... That's so funny. Yes, it's a coincidence. It's a great title. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with real estate. Yeah, I saw it's completely different, which is yeah. great. But they'll see people will see both of our books when they search for it. Yeah. Which and, is really cool. Yeah. And they are my my characters think out of the box. This is the most important thing. Yes. Yeah, that's great. What was your inspiration to share your story? Mm-hmm. I think because at the place I was in where, when I kind of felt like I was being buried alive and I, I wanted to show my kids that I was going to climb. I was going to, I was going to scratch, scream, run. I was going to do whatever I could to get out because I didn't want the unhealed parts of me to hurt other people, especially my children. And so I kind of made a commitment that I wanted to spend the rest of my life making other people feel less broken because I had been through that part of my life where I kind of felt like, is this it? Like, I thought God had a greater plan for me. Like I always felt that inside of me, but I wasn't living my best life. And so that took me really kind of stepping out and and throwing myself a life raft, not waiting for someone else to do it and getting into a healthier place and into healthier relationships and getting a new tribe. Um, I used to be scared to get out of my comfort zone. 
And I remember having a coach and he said, you know, you seem to be all gung ho, but when you get really close to the border of your comfort zone, you start freaking out. Like I start hearing the, the border patrol scream at me like, oh my gosh, the alarms are going off. I'm getting ready to go outside my comfort zone. And, and it's scary. And I, I had to really step back and look at that. Well, in the place that I am today, I actually crave to hear my border patrol because that tells me I'm moving forward. I I'm evolving. I'm going places and I'm not stagnant. So I'm always looking for the next challenge. That's why last year I thought I'm not going to spend this year having anxiety about possibly living my mom's death sentence. Like if I was to die at 50, I had, those thoughts had entered my mind. You know, when I was 39 and started real estate, um, I thought I have so much to prove. I have immense pressure because I'm not starting my career till I'm 39 years old. And after I had just seen my mother pass, I thought if I die in 11 years, like she did, what do I need to accomplish? And so that really lit a fire in my belly. It was a blessing and a curse because full disclosure, it, that can be difficult because when you have that much pressure to reach goals that take people 25 years sometimes to do, selling almost 700 homes with just my husband and I, it's a lot. And so think about how much hours you're working. You need margin because you've got to protect your relationship because when you work with your spouse or you know, your career can swallow your relationships if you don't value them and you're not intentional. And so that's something that we really had to prioritize because my relationships are more important than any business. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you found your mission, Denise. Yes. And it's, it, you know, I love real estate and I love helping people buy and sell, but what really fills my soul in such a unique way is just sharing my story to try to inspire and help others to take the leap and to let other people know, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm on the other side of that tunnel. And sometimes they just need to hear a voice. They may not be able to even see the light yet, but if they can hear a voice saying, you can do it, two more steps, just do the next right thing, the next best thing, you can do it. And so I, I think that we have to band together for that. Sometimes we don't have the bandwidth to feel like we even have get up muscles to keep getting up when we fall. Those have to be developed. Yeah. So that's what I've spent so many years doing. And my get up muscles are really strong because I've also fallen a lot. And a lot of the cards I was dealt, some people would have a chip on their shoulder, but I chose joy. I chose that I'm going to live my best life. I truly believe that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. I saw my mom die with so many bucket list items not checked, and she had no idea that her time was short, and I refused to live that way. So every day, you know, if you think it, say it. Yeah. If you think something nice about someone, you want to encourage someone, whether it's words to just someone, you know, that you pass in the store or checking you out or just a friend, just, if you think it, say it because we truly don't understand the impact of words. And I'll tell you one other little story that probably 
made such a difference in my life that really wanted me to motivate others to share their story was I mentioned earlier, my daughter had had an eating disorder and she was in an inpatient hospital where I couldn't, I couldn't see her. I couldn't talk to her. They had limited phone use. She was allowed to use her, um, the internet for about 30 minutes an evening. So on her 21st birthday, I've been a performer, a singer my whole life. And there was a song called, it's basically talking about your identity, which wraps into, you know, everything we're talking about today. And it's called you're enough. And so I felt like all day, Denise, you need to get on there and you need to sing this song for your daughter. And somebody else may need to hear this. Well, I procrastinated till right before I knew she was going to be able to have privileges to get on the internet at the hospital. So I got on, I put the camera on a candle because I didn't want it to be about me. I just wanted people to hear the words and the music and let it move them. Well, I had a a guy that's a, a friend of mine that messaged me about five minutes after I posted that. And he said to me, Denise, I was sitting in my garage chain smoking, scrolling Facebook, getting ready to end it all. And I was going to make my final post. I have nothing else to live for. And yeah. And he said, I heard you. I saw your post. I knew it was your voice, but I heard God saying, I'm not done with you yet. What are you doing? And so that meant a lot to me. I, I kept in touch with him. I wrote him handwritten cards He was someone I'd worked with in the past. He was someone I didn't talk to a whole lot, but he just said, the fact that you shared that, it saved my life. And so not every time that we share our story, are we going to save a life? But what if we could? Because behind every strong person, um, it's a story of someone that didn't have a choice. And so we just need to, challenge ourselves to be more vulnerable. And, um, that was, I will never, ever forget Eddie. And if I'm ever doubting myself or procrastinating about doing something I feel called to do, I think about Eddie in my spirit. What is, and I always say, yes, you didn't know, but you were helping more than your daughter. You helped way more people than you. And that's what I prayed. I was like, who else needs to hear this? I needed to hear it. I knew other people needed to hear it. So social media can be a real gift. And don't just post your highlight reels because we, we've we been vulnerable about things we've gone through. And my daughter's eating disorder was one of those. And I found out how many people, how many families are impacted by that. And I never would have known or been able to give them resources if I wouldn't have at first been brave enough to share myself. This was a blessing, Denise, and you made so many television appearances, including being on Oprah twice. How does it feel having worked with Oprah? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, that was my first experience public speaking on a large scale. 
So I wrote into her in 1999, think about how long ago that was. And, um, I had just had my second baby and I was having hormonal issues and I couldn't get any doctor to listen to me. They all said, well, you have postpartum depression, take this antidepressant and basically sit down and be quiet. Well, I'd had postpartum depression before I knew that's not what I had. And we have to advocate for our own bodies because we know them more than our doctors sometimes. So I wrote into Oprah and I just emotionally dumped this letter, never expected to hear anything back. And I got a response in an hour from her lead producer and Mary Donahue. I never forget it. She called and said, we're going to fly out to your house. I want to film you all day for eight hours. Then I'm going to fly you back and we're going to do the show. And I remember thinking, this is so surreal. So I'm sitting on the, on, in the audience on the front row and how the format of the show is, is Oprah, when she asks a question, her cameraman will pan to me in the audience. I'm on the front row. 10 minutes before we start filming, he said, she says, I want Denise on stage with me the entire show. And I'm like, me? So I, I remember standing up, I was internally shaking. I could feel every organ in my body (laughs) quivering. And I put my shoulders back and I went to sit down and I remember she was doing sign language under her chair. Someone was changing the mules, the shoes she had on that weren't comfortable. She stood up, unbuttoned her pants and said, oh, I had too much for lunch, making me just feel so comfortable because she's just so normal. And she whispers in my ear and she says, here's the deal. You are up here with me because you're vulnerable, you're transparent And so many millions of women are experiencing hormone issues after they have children and you have the ability to impact them. If you'll lock eyes with me, pretend like we're in my living room, having a girl chat and just focus on me. And I said, she said, can you do that? And I said, well, enthusiastically, when Oprah asked you, you can do something, you say, yes, I can do that. So it was one of the highest rated um, shows in 1999. And she asked me to come back for a follow-up in 2000. That was my first taste of the power of storytelling from being vulnerable. I wasn't on there for something necessarily cool. I was on there for an issue that I was having. She paid for all kinds of blood tests and the results on the show where I had no testosterone. I was not I was not a victim of postpartum depression. I would have been put on the wrong medication. And so all I needed was a little, you know, compound form of testosterone and my life was changed and my energy levels were up again and I was myself. And so um, we just have to be vulnerable and, you know, you're not always going to find that stage on Oprah, but um, you know, all of us have a social media platform. We all have a stage. Every day we can get on our Facebook or on our Instagram or YouTube and impact other people. So use your platform, use your stage. It doesn't have to be Oprah or Steve Harvey or HGTV or the Food Network, any of those. Um, I've been blessed to be able to, um, I went on Steve Harvey for being blended family experts and to discuss the dangers of teen technology has nothing to do with real estate. I've been on these shows on topics that I'm convicted and passionate about. And we get press releases. It's like Oklahoma City Realtors are being featured on Steve Harvey. So it bring we bring back in the media that these Oklahoma City Realtors are doing these things. Recently, I got cast to be a host for American Dream Selling Oklahoma City. And 
the opportunities will come to you if you're bold enough to open yourself up to them. That's why I just like to encourage people. If you're a good writer, start writing content, start writing human interest stories about any business, any industry that you're in, you can do that. They're, they're looking for content all the time. A lot of blog, you know, owners, they're looking for content. Just like you with your podcast, you're looking for guests. That's content. That's a story. So I think that people, you know, they underutilize, you know, their voice, whether it's written or whether you have a crazy zany personality like me and you love being on TV. <laughs> I think about everything you were telling us and it requires a lot of courage. Forget about naysayers and do not listen to your self-doubts because sometimes right. we too much. We worry too much about what absolutely we think it will paralyze you. Yes. I was trying to go to podcasts, but was difficult, maybe because I was uh, unknown, or maybe because my English is not my native language. But but any- your your English is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. But people told me, how can you start a podcast? I said, because I want and because I can. Yes. And because you can. Yes, absolutely. And these podcasts became so successful. Thankfully, of Mm -hmm. course, I've been working hard and my guests are lovely. Yes. You, for example. And, you know, I can and we can. It's just a matter of not only believing, but also to stand up, wake up and go do like you did. You just have to do it. Sometimes the most amazing things have happened to me on the other side of sheer terror. You know, if you're terrified about something, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) I can promise you that if you push through. (laughs) You'll be fear and do it anyway. Yes, do it anyway. And don't allow failure to, you know, for me, I allowed failure to be my biggest teacher, not a grave digger. And so that's when, if you're wondering, what's my story? Well, what did you learn from the things you went through? You know, you, you may not have had a tragic loss or a divorce, but we've all gone through things that we can share and be utilized to help others. We just kind of have to dig down and do an autopsy on our lives. And if you start with your journal, start writing down the things you've gone through that you've learned. There's so many lessons. And from those lessons are opportunities and stories. Absolutely. And Denise, is there a message you'd like to leave our listeners today? Okay. I think you spent the whole interview telling them, (laughs) but is there any other thing you would like to share? I think be the type of woman who helps other women realize that they can do it too. And that's kind of where I am in, in my life right now is just giving other people hope and inspiration and in turn empowerment so that they can in turn take leaps of faith and, and surround themselves with people that believe in them. And, you know, Sometimes you feel like people were plucked out of your lives, but when that happened to me, new people were transplanted in my life that I needed for that season. And so don't be afraid if you're sitting here thinking, I need a new tribe. 
it's okay. You know, people will be transplanted when you start seeking out people that can help benefit and support you. Um, you'll be amazed at, at who will come into your life in those seasons that you need them there for. Thank you so much, Denise, for your beautiful words. And to our listeners, can you tell us where can we find you and, of course, your book, Out of the Box? <laughs> you can find Lucia's book, too, Out of the Box. <laughs> so, yes, you can go on Amazon and go search for Out of the Box. And um, you can find me on Instagram really easily. Um, my username is Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, Sells, Oklahoma. And I'm on Facebook too. I have a joint page with my husband. So it's a little bit harder to find. You may want to put it in your notes or something maybe, but um, Instagram's really easy. And I'd love if someone gets my book, I would love to hear your feedback. I'm open to really hearing feedback on it. That's the only way I'm going to get better when I write my next one. Wonderful. And also I want to tell our listeners that you'll be featured in our magazine, The Relatable Voice, so they can see all your, your contacts, your socials, and also see your book cover. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I hope I can go back to Oklahoma to speak with you again. Yes. Yes. I hope so, too. Have a beautiful day. You, too. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.